Welcome to the Ship It Podcast. My name is Brandon Askov, and I just wanted to have a quick note about the, some of the references and content in this episode. When we started the podcast almost a year ago, we decided it would be a good idea to create the website ourselves and make it hot and flashy like we do for all of our customers, but that slowed the project down enough that we decided to just ship it and uh, focus on our customers instead. So some of these references are a little old, a little outdated, and um, while the content of the episode is still really good and we think you're going to get a lot out of it, we thought it was worth pointing out that uh, we know that some of these things are going to sound you know, nine months old-ish. And uh, so bear with us. It's a good episode and uh, we hope you enjoy it. All right. This is uh, the Ship It podcast. I am Brandon working at Rocket Insights per usual because that didn't change over the last week. Uh, I'll, I'll introduce my guests today. I guess your guests, your your employees here. You're not really guests. I don't know how this works. It's weird because we don't have like interviewers. It doesn't matter. Introduce yourself. <laughs> I'm Dave. I also work at Rocket Insights as a software engineer. And um, Ian, I'm also an engineer, <laughs> as you can probably guess. Yeah, there's a lot of engineers at Rocket Insights. Right? Engineers, designers, and like three business people. Um, today, the topic we're going to talk about is Redux and state management. Um, this stemmed from my distaste for redux and uh and after talking about it openly in the office it sounds like other people also have a distaste for certain state management solutions so uh why i mentioned it's redux and state management is because you don't like redux might be the popular choice but there's other choices out there my well my choice is to use view and not use react at all but if i was going to use react i would use MobX just based on a past project but you guys have a lot more experience with redux than i do and I feel like we should just dive in there and talk about, like, A, how it got popular in the first place, B, what it's good for, maybe C, like, what it's not good for. Uh, now, please correct me if I'm wrong here in this history timeline, but from my understanding, it was Facebook had this, like, flux architecture. And exactly. then Dan Abramov was basically like, well, let's remove half of that. And then that's Redux. He gave a talk on it. And then everyone, and it kind of blew up after, like, that React conf. And now he works at Facebook as, like, the Redux guy. That's exactly my understanding. Okay. <laughs> sounds about right. Yeah, it could be one hundred percent wrong. That's, that's my reality. So. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's how the urban myth goes, at least. Right? That's right. Yeah, we have a person who works here internally. His name is Scott O'Brien, and he loves to troll Dan Abramov <laughs> on Twitter all the time, uh, which has made me think lately that Dan Abramov's job is just to respond to people on Twitter. I, yeah, I don't know if I even see it as troll though. Okay, as trolling. Yeah, I think he's just like he's trying to play devil's advocate yeah oh yeah i should mention that so scott's whole thing is like react isn't it you're on the wrong path and that we're moving toward web components and we should all be geared up for that but uh he tends to fight dan Abramov. like actually well let's just rewind so <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about what redux is yeah yeah how would you describe redux it is state management for well actually this is a really good point so it's not just for react right like we we, we no. think of it as like Correct. this thing yeah. that's for react but i've seen people use like ng redux in angular before I have had that displeasure. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've also used it on uh, Angular projects. Ugh, man. Was it pain, or was it like basically the same thing? It's honestly just about the same. Okay. Because it's like a pretty small API for Redux itself, right? There's not a lot to it. It's just it yeah. feels like that when you're using it. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess I'd agree with that. Yeah. You guys are using it now or, or not? Because you guys also use Apollo, so I know that can be like a replacement for... Parts of it, yeah. Ooh. Correct me, yeah. Um, I actually asked this on Reddit at some point, like why people... I've heard that a bunch of times, that it's a replacement. I think what people are saying is that they have their own state management. Okay. Um, 
other than that, I didn't really get a lot of good answers out of it, but there's a lot of conversation around it. Yeah, the way I understand it is that Apollo's local store is is basically essentially replaces for the entities that you'd be getting from the server. It replaces basically storing those in Redux in the way that if you were to make a GraphQL query with the same parameters as one that you've previously made, it would just pull it out of the store instead of actually making a request to the mm-hmm. server again, unless you specify that you need it to make the request from the server again. There's some like network only option where it will bypass the cache and just always make a request to the server. But so for like the general entities that you're going to be getting from the server, it kind of replaces Redux in that way. Okay. And then the reasons on my project that I'm basically using Redux is just to store it there instead of storing it in local storage because I want it to work somewhat offline. So I want to be able to rehydrate the store with the stuff that it does go into local storage, but I'm just using a package for that. But basically I have like a multi-step form and after every step of the form, I'm putting it into Redux because I do need to react to that state on next steps in the form. And then I send it to the server after that. And then on all the pages that show the details of the things I created with that multi-step form, all that stuff is going to come from Apollo and the Apollo store. So the stuff that I query from the server, I don't do anything with Redux, but the stuff that I'm kind of building up to send to the server, I do use Redux because I need the global state because the later steps in the form are reactive to the parts in the form earlier. So I do have some global state there. So I just use Redux instead of creating like a giant like form container that has state inside of it because Redux is just, I mean, it just makes sense to me to put it. I think that's pretty specific to like that use case though, because you want to support offline to a degree. I think somebody can like log in, bring this thing on site where there's not necessarily a good internet connectivity, um, if at all. So they can fill out this form collect all the information and then send at the end when they do have internet. Yeah. And I don't need Redux at all for that. I could just put everything directly into local storage, but I just, I do have some need for global state, which is really the only time that I actually ever suggest using Redux is if you actually need global state and like you have components that react to components that really don't belong to the same data model, I guess. So, and in, in, I'm thinking of like, non-data related state things like um sidebar is open user is logged in or like user is admin that kind of stuff like do you also store that into apollo or that's actually the only thing i really use redux for okay (laughs) when i have the choice yeah to me like that is like the very basic global state you know like if the entire navigation is open because it affects the flow of the entire application so like the page contents might change. There's like padding that adds to the top of it. I mean, it depends on like the, the the actual layout and everything. Other than that, I mean, I think like having like kind of like using it as a cache for your permissions uh, is pretty appropriate. I haven't had to do that on any of the recent projects, but just knowing ahead of time, it's like instead of having to ask the server all the time, just like ask it once, keep that stuff. And then you can dynamically build out like your pages hide things as you need to and whatnot, you know? Yeah, interestingly enough, on this specific project, we do actually have, for the authentication flow, we actually do have, like, Redux actions and reducers, and then 
they end up calling sagas that actually the end result of that data, it actually goes directly into local storage and pulls out of local storage. It actually doesn't go into a Redux store, but we use Redux to put it into local storage. <laughs> I like the reducers Redux actually store. like putting it in local storage instead. Yeah. I see, yeah. It's like well, a, it will re, uh, yeah. Basically, an action gets fired and then uh, Saga takes over. It's a, sim- it's a simple like 17-step process. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so, yes. Let's mention that. So, since, yeah, and I should mention that's not ideal. That's yeah. just kind of what we were handed yeah, there's a little bit of inheritance there. Yeah. yeah. I was uh, chatting with Dave before we started this. I was saying that my like biggest Redux product was for the same customer that you're working with right now. And um, it seemed like it was the first time I'd use it for anything beyond like a hackathon style project. And it was, it got complex really fast in terms of like I had to make changes in three places and that started to drive me crazy, especially because just prior to that, I had rolled off of a project where we used MobX instead and I thought it was like a breeze. Now, granted, this gets down to like a very semantic argument of, um, you know, Redux is immutable and you get timeline tools and that kind of thing. Whereas MobX is like, do whatever you want and you don't get timeline tools. Um, I've never needed to use the timeline in any of that stuff. It's cool, I guess, a demo as well. I've only ever used the tools to figure out why Redux wasn't working. And not like to transverse time or anything, but just to see if like the actions were firing and the store was updating. Like that's pretty much it. I mean, I could do that with like a console log or something too. Yeah. Like it would take almost no time. So what were like the main differences that you saw between MobX and Redux? Uh, Redux to me was, um, it's like you need to interact with this API in a special way so that you can have it be reactive in your environment. MobX is similar because you obviously have to like wire it in, but whether you use the decorators or not, like the decorators is like the easier way to write it from like a cleanliness standpoint. Otherwise you just wrap everything in these functions like this whole thing's an observer or this whole thing is an observable. To clarify there, you put that like, that decorator on the component to tell it that it's subscribing to some data. Yeah, you, there's two aspects. There's the store side where you say, like, these are my observables. Like, this property, you know, username is observable. And this person. And so basically, anytime an observable property changes, uh, that wherever that property is being used in your app will automatically get updated. It's like that two way binding you might see in like Angularland, um, or it feels like that. And then I should say the selling point for MobX, like the elevator pitch, is sort of takes away the boilerplate of Redux. It's actually doing a bunch of other different stuff, but that's a good elevator pitch for it because by adding that observable or that decorator, or, I'm sorry, or observer decorator to these things, you're essentially like wiring up all that underneath, behind the hood, like actions and reducers kind of thing. To make an update on that, you're just working with a, a JavaScript object. You're just like, my store.name is now equal to this and it just updates everywhere, which means... That I was saying to Devo that I did this, even though some people might <laughs> slap me on the wrist for it, but I just exposed all those stores on the global object in the window. It was always being used in the browser. It was fine. So I was like, window.stores.uistore.logged is equal to false. And then I can just change it to true right there and just watch the app change underneath the hood. So that, that was an easy way to test to make sure, like, is this store still wired up the way it was supposed to? Because to make it wire up to a component, like you were saying, you just drop in the observer decorator and that's it. Like now it's a smart component that's listening to a store. So by putting um, on window dot store, that was just for debugging. You could actually click into it, yeah, with the tools and see the current state of the store. Yep, yep, yeah. There's like in Mobix world, there's a uh, two JS function on every store. So if you want to like dump it to a JSON object and see what the current state is, um, and that was another thing I added that to like the the window global object, so I could just type in two JS anytime I wanted to see what was going on. Yeah, so in Redux, I mean, you have the browser extension, so you can just see it. Yeah. Well, MobX is a browser extension too, but 
it allows you to like observe it, but not necessarily, it might, this is bit, I haven't used the ModMax dev tool since that project. It might be different now, but at the time you could observe it, but not modify it. So by surfacing it in the console, I could just type and change things really fast and make sure it was working. And the other thing is, well, this will segue into React hooks actually, but um, like in React hooks now, there is this method called use effect use effect I think is what it's called so yep. like this idea of a side effect yeah. related to that that's always been built into MobX like you can either listen for a side effect for, it's called auto run so you just set up a method called auto run anytime a property that's being observed in that store changes your auto run function will fire and you can do whatever you want um, you can also set it up to listen to a specific property so you can say like run this function anytime the logged out thing like the logout yeah. status changed like cool push them back to this page like just reroute into that uh you can do something like that um and it was the easiest thing in the world it's kind of like sagas built in is that yeah it's exactly what it is yeah they're just built in but they call it auto run and when is what they call it so like when this property and then the second function is like just run whatever you code you want to run in that they're pretty easy to set up the, the syntax looks a little weird but like because it's like the first function just returns the property that you care about it's a little weird, but it, it works so smooth when you finally set it up. And uh, so that was like my background was using MobX because the team we wanted to hand it off to was probably not uh, up to speed enough on Redux to like just hit the ground running and we, we could just hand it off and, and that was it. So we picked MobX because it was a little easier and I kind of fell in love with it then. So when we went to go work on that thing with you guys and was dealing with that Redux land again, I was just like, why do you, why, why do people pick so the hard thing? <laughs> is every property in the store in MobX, uh, to be good, I haven't used MobX before, so is like every property in the store observable? So you no. can just change, okay. Yeah, you can have private things that aren't watched. Yeah, so they don't have to be, but the way that you update it state is by just changing that property. Mm-hmm. So there's no concept of like a reducer. No, that's it, yeah. You guys work directly with Yeah, them. I think there's definitely disadvantages, like especially where you're saying where like the people wouldn't be, like I think reducers is kind of an advantage for people who are less familiar with stuff because they can't no really, magic. well yeah, they can't really screw it up as bad because like you know the state changes 100% for sure in the reducer, you can't change it any other way. So like for debugging it, you know exactly where the state changed. It's not just in some random component that decided to change it because the dude like copy and paste it. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. I read a bunch about that too when um, when I was getting started with it, that it was really easy to get yourself into this trap where things could be making state changes. Like if you had a state change method yeah. in a component somewhere, you're like, where the hell did that come from? And that's true. You don't know where it came from. Uh, so we just stuck to a rule that was only those changes happen inside the stores. And basically it made every component super dumb. Yeah, It's like you just take in either... either Either it's like a true dumb component where it's just receiving props or it's an observer component where... It's listening. It's like a smart component because it's tied to the store. But that's it. Everything happens at the store. Is isn't that like a lot like the lot like Angular one point yeah. point whatever? Yeah. It's like they had this bi-directional thing, and yeah. some people would change the scope on the parent. And I feel like that lasted for like a month. Yeah. And it was like we can't do that. Dollar anymore. sign scope dot digest. Like yeah, <laughs> like you can't do that. So like you can do that, but it's just something you kind of enforce in PR. It's like the the data goes down. Well, that's how we got to Redux in the first place, right? Like people had this all this pain with two-way binding in Angular, and then it was like we need a one-way flow. That was that was kind of my impression that it was like an overreaction, yeah. even though people in the Angular world pretty much stopped doing that after yeah. like a month or two. Yeah, yeah I think that's kind of like before we introduced in the project we were talking about previously, the Angular project where we use Redux, we kind of had moved a little bit towards that, where we would basically wrap the app in like a state container component, and then 
whenever we were trying to update something, we would just broadcast to that, and then it would yeah. pass it all back down. So we did kind of create like a unidirectional flow, which is probably why we ended up using Redux in the first place because it was kind of a more structured way to do it that yeah. people could look up how to do it instead of just like our own made up thing. Well, the two way thing works really well with angular one point X is just using inputs with it. Yeah. Cause it's just like that input changes and now your model's updated. It's, it's awesome. So the, it, yeah. the only time I used it redux with angular was actually with this form thing. And it was like, we're going to use redux. Now you have to use it on, this form and the form was like absolutely massive so it was like this crazy thing it's like each one of those inputs was bound to this data but then when it changes you put it into redux and then pass it back up and then it comes back down it's like i had it anyways though and i'm not gonna actually it's not global it's just like it's basically a wizard and it's like at the end i'm gonna take all that stuff and save it um but it was it was literally like three four times the amount of work to get that to work. And so my first impression of Redux, um, just like overkill. No, <laughs> look, it worked. It worked fine before it worked totally fine. Yeah. I mean, my first react app, and I'm sure most people's react or ex- maybe not app, but experience with react is like just everything's state. Like all the state is inside components, right? And you're kind of right. passing props around all over the place. Actually, this is a good question. We've seen a few of these come in where those are the projects. There's no state management. It's just props all over the place and things kind of pass along. So if you were to inherit a project like that, would you reach for Redux first to be like, let me let me clean up this state? I guess it depends. I mean, like, do you actually want to be sending those things through? Or is it like this component like 15 levels up that has some, it gets some data and it passes it all the way through and everything in between doesn't care? I mean, yeah, I think you want something else, but there's other options too. I think, um, yeah, that's, I feel like that's the underlying theme of this podcast is like, there's other options than Redux. <laughs> there's, yeah. yeah, there's so many ways. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind with something like that is like the, the context API, I mean, I think was like re-solidified. I don't think I've completely wrapped my head around like when it should be used, but I've, I definitely have some like interesting ideas about, it, it's kind of the same thing. Like you're saying subscribe to this context and then anything under that component that's nested inside of it can just be like, I, I want that. <laughs> just when there's a change let me know oh that's nice so it's not such an explicit binding and you wouldn't have to pass it down however many levels you know if everything in between doesn't care about it so do you think like there's all this uh redux killer kind of crap you see all over medium but do you think that um (laughs) you say medium yeah (laughs) medium think posts uh do you think that we'll end up seeing redux go away thanks to react hooks which i know is like an alpha right now but so i heard that a lot when they were first introduced and then my understanding now after some people played with it is that that's not what it is it's adding the life cycle hooks for stateless components or like a a, a, comp- a react component that you write as a function um whatever people call it yeah. stateless functional components like, yeah. either way they don't have life cycle methods but they don't and there's like some weird ways to add them sometimes but that's all that is so it's like the state is still local to that component right yeah, I'd say they don't really sell, like, the only use case that I would use Redux for, like, to introduce it, which is where, like, the state of, like, some unattached or, like, component that's near some other component that would make sense to be under a single container has to react to the state of another component. Like, say, uh, I don't know, you have, like, a profile page and there's, like, a thing that lists all your social media links and now you go to edit the profile and you add a new social media link and now in this other component that's just like my media links component, I want to show 
my new Twitter link because I just created a new Twitter account. So I add that to my profile and now I need this to show up. But those two things don't make sense to be together. So like that state, it makes sense to come from the top and then both of them kind of just digest it in their own way from the top. Uh, But I don't think like React Hooks would solve that at all because they still are. It's kind of just like a nicer way to write the like local state and also it's kind of cool that yeah you can have the side effects thing which could do something like update some other is the idea that the effects would only update that component it still kind of does because each component in a sense has its own store you can also have like a reducer per component to update yeah various properties on the state so like that way you still have like a unidirectional flow within one single component. But I don't think they really solve the same use case at all. Yeah, on paper, that sounds like way more complex if you had a pretty big app. If you had like, if you had all these little components doing all these use effects all over the place, we were just talking about this with MobX, right? Like, especially if it's changing the state. You know, if you have a component updating the state somewhere and it's not isolated to just like, well, we only go through our actions and our... Well, I guess you would still use actions reducers. Yeah, exactly. Because like it, an effect is, isn't going to... The only way an effect is ever going to update the state is the result of the effect calls an action. Yeah. So they're not really... You're still changing. writing you still The state changes in the reducer so you know where it's happening. But it, it might do other things like, I don't know, show some pop-up or something. I don't know. The side effect. But yeah, I, I don't think that hooks really changes anything for my use case of Redux, but for a lot of people, it might because a lot of people do store their form state and stuff like that inside of Redux, which for me is not, I don't like that. That's that seems not what I prefer to do. I definitely prefer local state or some other solution that offers like something like yeah. or has its own store. I mean, well, you described project, it as kind of like what I like where you're going through a form flow and then that internal component just spits you out the result at the end. Sort of yeah. like I've gathered all this up. I've, done everything internally like here's your payload that's it and then you can take that and put it in the store if you wanted to yeah exactly it's just like you get to the end of the form all the form is in that like with hooks it would be like in its own little store and then like really you just you know server.sendless.state basically and then you're done you don't really need to be connected to like a global store it doesn't make sense unless like in your navigation bar you have some like progress bar right you know that's like the only reason that i could see introducing that but even then like you can just the, the, step form, one <laughs> the form data doesn't need to be in the global store like after every state you could set like a flag That's like step right. number in but that would be the only thing i'd put in redux but yeah. then do you really want to set up redux for that <laughs> <laughs> i yeah i do because yeah you would yeah I, I think i would yeah yeah i think i would too but i think that's an argument against it it's just like auto boilerplate to have a number available globally it's only like 14 files, and then you can have that <laughs> progress bar. Yeah. Wait, does Create React app install Redux by default? It must. Because it's like a Facebook product, right? I think so. I mean, I'm using like kind of an abstraction of that right now, so I'm not totally sure, but I think so. Yeah. I know on my most recent one, I did have to add it. Oh, okay. Oh, so it I'm might be right. like a flag. Yeah. I think it's a flag. I think when you do it, it there's an option like oh. add Redux. Because okay. I, I think it brings you through like a little... CLI oh. interface when you create it. It's like, do you want this thing? Do you want this thing? Do you want this thing? And then like it adds various things or not. But I, th- I think we were talking about with the form there. It's like, 
if there's no progress bar and you know on the top of the page or whatever how is that considered global state because to me i mean to me redux is just a global store anything Mm -hmm. can access it if it wants to i would agree with that but i think that like that's not what redux is for a lot of people like they just think it's like all the state goes there but i really think like only state that outside components react to is what belongs there really so like that that is a good example of like why the current user would belong in redux there's a lot of different things that would depend on that especially permissions like hiding and showing different thing actions that people can take obviously just showing whether they're logged in or not showing like their account tier on various different things just first two dummy stores i create are user store and ui store yeah but then uh, we do have the thing like where now at least in our specific current project where we're using apollo like we don't need redux for that we just make a query we probably made that query right when the app started so we're just pulling it out of the cache always yeah it's interesting i never when i wasn't doing react i just didn't care it's just like each page can grab all of the data fresh every single time and you have less of a chance that you know something out of date or whatever and i think i i think the default with apollo is i don't remember what it's called but it's like basically net cache first network second i don't remember what it's called but it will it will if it sees that something's in the store it will optimistically say all right you have that it will render the page um yeah it only knows to update itself if you make a mutation or query with different parameters so like yeah that's if something else too. like some type of ingested data changes on the server it doesn't know to get it so like because you're calling page that has say you have like a list of random orders and the orders could come from two different sources like you're probably going to have to set that page to network only because it's not going to know to re-update itself because you are just making a query with the same parameters but it doesn't know that there could be different data because you didn't update that object so there's no like real-time connection for apollo stuff i don't know oh you mean like a subscription yeah like a firebase thing i think there's two different ways there's a subscription and something else and they're slightly different in different ways i personally haven't yeah, because most things just don't need to actually be real time. And when you go to the next page, just get the latest state. Yeah, I think it'd be more of an issue if you're doing like lots of if your UI was letting you like manipulate something that needed a high level of like concurrency. Yeah, it for sure has to be possible. It's just not a use case that I've run into yet. I'm sure it can be done. Okay, probably semi relatively painlessly. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the, the way it works is that it uses WebSockets. I think it uses like a regular like AJAX request to start and then tries to figure Usually out. Usually those sockety use. things fall back to polling anyway. Exactly. Yeah. I think it works the same way. Yeah, it does keep a connection see. open. So there, there must be subscriptions across it. And I think that's exactly why they do it. Um, I mean, there might be other motivations, but you yeah. get that push as, as as well as the pull. Yeah, you would have, I mean, that's like use case based, right? And you, if you have a, someone who's on the admin side, like putting in more orders, and you want it to display immediately, or or whatever the case is, and yeah. you want something like trading stocks, trade. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, anything. Yeah, stock based. Um, stock. That's, let's that's do the a, rule. That's you like it. chicken stock. That's the internet only stocks. Time <laughs> you can use it. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go around and do like last hot takes on state management. I'll start by uh, throwing a curveball. By saying that you shouldn't use Redux ever and you should just use Vue in Vuex because it's fucking amazing. <laughs> Wait, why don't you talk about Vuex real quick before sure. we get to the end because we talked about MobX. What's yeah yeah so, so Vuex what the differences. Let's say the differences between Redux, MobX, and Vuex. Okay, um, we know Redux has a lot of boilerplate, but it's like a simple API and it's there's no magic. 
there, right? You can kind of just, it's just JavaScript that runs. It's not like there's the things that happen behind the scenes. We MobX, should probably clarify what Vuex is first. Yeah, I'll get to there when I get to Vue. Um, MobX is, uh, it's simpler. It removes that boilerplate and allows you to interact, interact with these JavaScript objects more directly and still use that in a React world. Um, it's a, it, it puts more onus on the developer to be organized about it. So then Vue which is a competitor to React and all these other front-end frameworks like Ember and Angular or whatever. It was created by this guy named Evan Yu who was using all these things like Angular and React and just wanted something better. So when you use it, um, it feels very much like the best of all these worlds. Like it has directives like Angular has and it has... Um, a, okay, so it's, a, it's broken out into these smaller packages. So with React... So is that like a component as an attribute? Uh, I've never, you know, yeah, it's interesting. I haven't written any custom directives, so I don't know how that works. But like to do like a That's loop thing, you know, instead of doing like a map, you would yeah, okay, yeah, yeah so it's, like, it's like that. Yeah. yeah, it's called like V if um yeah. or V if or V four or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, so it's like Angular. Yeah, it's got a lot of that, which is actually kind of handy. I kind of miss some, some of those. Nice, yeah, yeah it makes it nice, easy. Like render this if this directive, else this directive, else if this. Thing. It's, yeah, it's pretty cool. It was a problem kind of in Angular because those things actually show up as elements like in the dom so like you they're like a parent element where like if you're doing something in react you just you have javascript code so like only the things inside of the loop is what shows up there so which is kind of nice it doesn't always matter but sometimes it's annoying yeah i think it matters mostly with like css select yeah exactly yeah Yeah. the uh the view standpoint is like they they have a really good cli they have their own packages like the view router and vuex which is the store you don't have to use it so that's definitely like an extra package you would go out and install but their router and their store are both created by the same team. So it's nice because it's not like you're... Same thing with Redux, right? Like re- Facebook makes Redux. So Facebook makes React. They make Redux. You can get them both from the same company. Now they do. Now they do. Exactly, yeah. So for Vuex, it's uh, it's it's a lot more like MobX, I think, where you're creating these this store or these multiple stores and you have... Um, a handful of things there. You have state, which is sort of like your default state, which you, I'm sure you're familiar with Redux, and then your initial state. And then you've got... Uh, methods that can change that state. It's like the mutations. They call them methods. And then they've got getters, which are just computed properties in MobX land, or I don't know what they call them in Redux land. But um, And then there's actions, which are the asynchronous versions of methods. So it's like if you want to change state asynchronously, you'd use an action. And if you don't want to change it asynchronously, you use methods. And then that's it. You would just export state methods, getters, and... Was the other one I said? Doesn't matter. Yeah. I, think, all I those. think the getters in Redux is like the oh. uh, map state, the props uh, function in Connect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, it's like that's some of that boilerplate removed where you're like, I'm just yeah. writing a getter. Or a lot of people use selectors. Okay, yeah. Um, so that's it. And then at that point, you in your components, you say like, you know, they have similar naming things where it's like dot dot dot. You do the, like the spread, you know, dot 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 map state or map getters or map computed or map methods, and then you just in an array of strings, you just name the ones you want. So it's like I want the name state. Like let's take a, that SpaceX open source APIs we've been seeing. And you're like, all right, I want um, all the rocket launches and maybe a computer property that's like all the rocket launches that were failed, all the rocket launches that happened before this date, anything that happened, you know, east of the international dateline. Like you could do all these computer properties on that stuff, which is really nice. That's actually why I like. Mod I X. love computed, computed properties. properties uh, they had them in uh we did knockout for a while okay and i i love them so much yeah that's why I, I feel like that's what i missed when I, I got on that redux project after MobX. i'm like you don't have those nice things here <laughs> just, okay no Can't i mean i guess thing. you could kind of do it yourself oh timeline tools. yeah i mean cool. you do it in in mapped state to props and 
Redux is really the same thing. Yeah. It just ends up being a property on a component instead of like what comes directly from the store, I guess. So you can't get it that way from the store. You would have to have that same function, but that's why people use selectors so they can reuse them in different components to get the same property uh, computed the same. <laughs> yeah, just like, so it's a little talking about it. install funk and sagas and yeah. Well, testing it was easy, right? It's like if in MobX land or UX land, you just take this thing and you're like, this is an object, and it's like I'm going to run this method and I expect the name to be this now and I don't have to hook up anything and just literally I'm constantly so one thing I, like in MobX and Vuex like what is the community there's like opinion on the data being immutable I assume they're just changing the state right the single property I honestly don't even know I, I try to avoid the immutable versus immutable argument because I just don't care oh <laughs> I care so much do you do oh. I do I just like I feel like as an industry we've gone from mutable to immutable to mutable to immutable but you it's care like this... as in you don't want it to be I absolutely hate it you don't like <laughs> you want mutability no I, I want mutability I, I like mutability. in general yeah there are some cases that we've had like people were changing things from like a cache by reference okay and we it, it was like after we hired some more like junior developers at this place and it made a lot of sense to start making those things immutable but that was like after 10 years of development we started having problems okay you know it's not like well it technically should be immutable so like let's just make everything immutable yeah it just adds more yeah, I don't have a strong opinion either way, but there are things where you have like the, this deeply nested state, like we saw in the project we worked on together, that I had to refactor into. Like, unless you're going to add all these like nested reducers that you combine, updating the state like three or four levels deep, which maybe that means your state's not great, the actual like data structure of it, but updating those nested properties can be such a pain when it's immutable. Because you have to basically return every level of the state until you get down to where you want to be. So that's a good point. So like yeah. flatter state trees. It's like maybe yeah. I just want to set this property. I just want to call yes. this dot this dot this dot this equals this. Yeah. That's and I, I don't see a problem with that, but definitely people do. <laughs> yeah, I'm not one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> just I don't have a strong. I guess I don't have a strong opinion on the immutability versus mutability argument so i tend to lean toward mutability because it's easier just easier i feel like that i i it's hard to quantify why i feel like it's easier but i feel like products i've been on where i have the ability to change that stuff and muck with it and no one nothing yells at me it's like it's easier for me to debug and and move forward as opposed to the number of lines of code yeah definitely in general where at least for us we're handing off a lot of stuff it's just easier i think for people in general to read i think once they get immutability it makes total sense to me now but it is a pain that doesn't it's it's we didn't really mention that the whole time but you know working at an agency a big focus of what we do is like i'm gonna hand this off to someone one day i will not be working on this anymore and someone else is gonna have to take it over so you want to set them up for success and so yeah we've seen products where we take it on and you're like were you planning to hand this off to a junior dev they're never gonna get this yeah well that's kind of i think in general though i mean you want like you want to write good API contracts. You want this thing to be able to be like at least on the outside for it to be pretty clear what's going to happen and what things expect. You know, um, you should just be nice to the future developers. <laughs> yeah, be nice to your future travelers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Any last thoughts on this before we move on to our picks section? I think there's a question of like, what do we think this will like? Is it going to stay? Is yeah. is everybody going to keep using Redux? You know, it's funny you mentioned this. I we talk about like JavaScript fatigue as like an industry. It's gotten better over the last couple of years, but at the same time, I'm just have this mindset now where I just want to use the thing that I like 
I don't necessarily need to use a thing that's popular because everyone says it's popular. Like I felt this weird guilt at first when we were using MobX because it was sort of not nearly as popular as Redux and I thought it was the right choice and I really second guessed myself about it. In hindsight, I really am confident in that choice. Um, and then moving on to Vue, I just was immediately like, I'm never going back unless I'm forced to. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna build another React slash Redux project unless someone makes me. Um, and I, I just feel like we get forced into these situations because I don't know. Is, is it because they have corporate backing? Is it because of the companies we work with? They yeah, there's definitely it? a business perspective, right? So it's like if you use, well, maybe Vue is not the best example. It's like if you pick like Ember right now, it's like how many people are writing Ember? Wow. It's like it might be board. totally valid. It might be fast. It might like, but what's their community and support like compared to? I also think about like, are there developers yeah. that are looking for jobs like that? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely consider that. Yeah. Definitely, I mean, we get a lot of Ember people coming out of boot camps, but that's not what people. <laughs> But they're still teaching that. I can't believe it. Yeah, I think that is a consideration for us too. That like we do have to hand this off to stuff, and the places we're handing them off to are gonna have to hire people to do those things. So, I mean, using things that like a vast majority of people or a larger pool of people have experience with is just like a better choice for us than just picking like. Which is a good argument for Redux, right? Yeah, exactly. That that is like kind of an argument for Redux a little bit. As much as I dislike it. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it, it'll probably be around for a while. We've seen it. It's had a stable... Um, it's been stable for a couple of years. People have been using it for a couple of years. We keep seeing products come in where people are already using it. People are getting hyped about React hooks. Um, basically, any like we know some people <laughs> that we've worked with internally where it's like Dan Abramov says something and they just like tear Ooh. their product down and rebuild it with like the new thing that he talked about. That would never There's happen. a big hype. That would never There's happen. a big hype curve tied to, <laughs> yeah. tied to Facebook and all their news um so i don't think it's going anywhere but at the same time i am always open to trying new things as long as they're relatively popular which is like view it's like oh i heard about it and then i waited for it to have that like inflection of popularity and by that i mean github stars um and it hit a certain point i was like i'll take a look that's how you measure everything github stars one kind of thing like i I don't have any experience with it i don't know if either you do but like have, have you ever used any of these things on the server I just saw some post about using Redux on the server, and I... I mean, you can use... We've used Redux for Alexa skills. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I know that. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Because the way they do no. the state management is, like, they're constantly just sending you payloads of JSON, and you got to kind of figure it out. Um, so, I think it was Philip. I can't remember who. Someone internally did that, where they set up an Alexa skill with Redux, and... We looked at it like, this is so much easier. <laughs> it's so much easier to keep track of all the things that people say. Yeah, especially when like, think I think, it. like, for... Yeah, something that's like a conversation. It actually makes sense because it does have like this tree yeah. to it. You, I'd like the more you talk, the more you're filling up the state tree, and you need to look at that state tree to figure out like, okay, did they yeah. just come from movies or did they come from shows? Well, like that's that pretty specific thing. to like Alexa skills and whatnot, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. or I, any that, type that kind of things of like any chatbot type thing, anything like that. I mean, theoretically, right, you could right. use Redux for like hardware. You know, you could use yeah. it for anything, which I suppose is one. Of, but yeah. then again, you could technically use. MobX for anything too, if you, yeah. I guess if you wanted to. But yeah, let's do that instead. Yeah, right. <laughs> what are some other ones besides? I've been mentioning those through, like Envue as like the popular ones, but there's got to be a like I'm trying to think of another. Well, the, we have these native things. I mean, we have yeah. There's Ember um, has its own um, cult following. Right, because this is the same guy. It's Michael Westrate from MobX, but it's an immutable version of something. And like that. Dan Abramov suggested it as well at one right. point. Yeah, actually, that's so. There's that. Thing. That's how I found out about MobX is because Dan Abramov was. I, Oh my like, god! Oh, he tweeted about Mobex. I better <laughs> use it, which is basically what happened. <laughs> so. Well, how long did you wait before you you set it up? You know? Oh, we tried to set it up with Redux with the team internally, and we're like, this is I going mean, after slow and post. poorly. After, right, after oh, the it, blog was post. it was months. It was months. I had known about it, and I was like, let's try it. It's like, did you go to bed 
that night? Did you actually sleep? Or oh, you know, I ripped out Redux and just hacked all night. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I guess I had one other thought about like the if it's going to be there forever. I th- I feel like I've noticed some kind of trend where there's there's like these projects on GitHub where there's what do they call them? Like boilerplates? Like, yeah, um, a starter project. Like starter yeah. projects for Redux. So I think oh, people yeah. are recognizing that like it's so much work to do anything in it mm-hmm. that people are slowly getting there. I think they're they're behind a little bit yeah. in that like the answer probably isn't Redux, um, but they're, they're trying to make their own experiences better. So I, I, I kind of have this like optimism that like people, it, it's going to go somewhere. It just takes a long time. But I also balance that with a perspective of um, there's still a lot of websites that are like created today, like primarily for the jQuery. Yeah, still tons, tons and tons, <laughs> like tons so and tons. many. Yeah. I actually I did this experiment because you can do it, and I would recommend anyone try it if you just want to play around. But you can use Redux and jQuery together to build even, out your site. I don't even know what that means. Yes. So <laughs> Redux or hidden input fields. Mine was basically that the. Um, like the reaction side of Redux, when like when something changes, yeah. you would then just like do the actual like here's my jQuery input .html like here's my new state field like inject it into the HTML yeah, that exactly. way. So you're still manipulating the DOM in the old school jQuery way, and Redux is just store. That's it. That's all it is. And then you can listen for changes. Interesting. It was just an experiment to see like can you do this? And then I did it, and I was like, <laughs> you can. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. <laughs> it was one of those like eh, I got a boring Friday I'm slightly night. Slightly <laughs> terrified. Yeah. It. uh I wouldn't, I don't think it, if someone came to me like, hey, I'm a jQuery developer and I'm looking to like segue into the React world, I wouldn't be like, you should wire up your jQuery thing with Redux. That's, <laughs> I probably would not say that. Um, probably. But it's doable. It is doable. So let's do our, let's do picks. Let me go first. I came up with a few. Now I remember, I tried to figure out what one was. We're talking about subreddits and stuff. I'll just pick the TV show that I was talking about. This show is like two or three years old. It's a six episode, quote unquote, limited series on HBO because apparently no one uses the word miniseries anymore. But it was, it's called the, the Night Of, and it's about this guy who, uh, well, you don't know if the crime he committed is actually that he committed or not. You don't know that in the beginning, but he goes to Rikers Island while they're kind of processing him and figuring out his case, and it completely changes him, and it's a very awesome show. Totally recommend it. Uh, it's one of those shows that like stands out in my mind even two or three years later. So, yeah, that's, a, that's my pick. Dave? You said it was on Netflix? No, I'm sorry. It's on HBO. Oh, I said HBO Now or HBO Go. or Yeah, it's on HBO. Yeah. Uh, mine's pretty simple. Um, I think everybody should subscribe to PewDiePie and take down T-Series. Take down T-Series? Yeah. What is take down T-Series? <laughs> um, it's uh, basically YouTube had a, uh, they've been making large investments in India and there's this really big media company. They do like music videos. Is this the videos, Bollywood thing? Yeah, kind of. Like, yeah. Ton, they're huge. Um, but they've been taking over YouTube, right? Yeah, they just blew up uh, basically like overnight. And, um, they're really close to um, PewDiePie. In, in subscriber numbers and views and stuff? Yeah, and th- lots of crazy things have gone on. People were hacking printers. Um, people were, like, putting up billboards and just, To like, get who? People to subscribe to, to, to PewDiePie. Subscribe to, to PewDiePie. Oh, to keep him, um, to keep him ahead. And he got, he got a lot of subscribers. So this is like the egg Kylie Jenner thing, but more interesting. <laughs> I think it's... <laughs> yeah, I think it's more interesting. And... Um, very cool. I had no idea about that. I kind of heard of about this Bollywoodish thing, but didn't know any of the details. And rumor has it there might be a PewDiePie um, ad during the Super Bowl. Really? Yeah. Won't be Another YouTuber weed. is gonna. Do you hear that? Potentially. No make weed it. ads during the Super Bowl. <laughs> no what? No weed ads. No. Weed. Just Bud Light oh, saw, ads for I you, sir. <laughs> PewDiePie. Interesting. Family friendly. 
PewDiePie. <laughs> family friendly PewDiePie. <laughs> Didn't he get banned a couple times for explicitly like, not being he's, family friendly? He's older now. Okay, he's grown up. Gotcha. It's like, it like last week. <laughs> yeah, the news cycle's completely changed. <laughs> All right, Ian, what do you got? Uh, so mine today is not quite as interesting, but it's just a subreddit that I like uh, called We Want Plates. <laughs> Look, I which is it. just a subreddit where it basically is just people taking pictures of food at restaurants where they're basically trying to be trendy and serving your food on pretty much anything but a plate. Some examples that I'm scrolling through right Here's now a log. <laughs> is like a cheese plate on a tree stump. Yep. And then there's a basket of fries that's in a small shopping cart <laughs> instead of. So is this like a, a joke or is it? I think this like is like a, people who are fine dining by just actually plate. upset. Yeah, it's just places trying to be invented with their serving vessels. Yeah. Serving vessels. It's just like, well, we don't really stack food tall anymore. You know, like, Let's give it to them in a one. small canoe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, popular ones like a plate of bacon where it's just like hanging from a clothesline. Okay. Something like that. They kind of just like use clothes clothes pin them to like okay. a metal line. It doesn't make the food taste better. It's But it's very Instagram worth. Well, a lot of the time, it just makes it so the food just falls all over the table yeah. instead of a plate. Is that a feature? There's this restaurant in Chicago. It's like super high-end dining, like $500 a table kind of thing. And they do this one part of the course where they just put out this tablecloth and they bring out all this food and they just start smashing it all over your table. It's like this ice cream dessert thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. It's out of Linea, I think. And like they just smash it all over the table and you just eat stuff right off the table like that. But that guy's got like a Michelin star or two or something like that. So it's like uh, how to basic the re- restaurant, how to basic the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right. So what was the name of that restaurant? Reddit? It was we want plates. Yep. I like that. So <laughs> slash R slash we want plates. All right. Well, that's uh, I mean, we could talk about state management until we're blue in the face and we got, we got close. <laughs> uh, that'll wrap it for this week until next time. All right. That's it. Thanks guys. See you later. Bye. Twitter? Cool. <laughs> <laughs>